0: Welcome. Glad to have you with us. It is, uh, seven minutes after the hour and, uh, Kelsey and uh, Jordan in from Powderhorn Guns and Archery. Uh, we've got time for show and tell. If you just turned the radio on, we were talking about a, 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 guy in Cleveland, Ohio, walking down the street, carrying a shotgun and a handgun, uh, which is not against the law. He was openly carrying them. Uh, he was arrested anyways, filed a lawsuit, uh, and we're going to get back to that story. We are going to talk about open carry, and uh, and whether or not it's a good idea and under what circumstances. But first, I want to get to my favorite part of the program. This is show and tell. Uh, we start off with a Model Thirty Nine D Twenty uh, Two caliber Marlin. Uh, Give me some de- details,
1: <laughs> So this is kind of a cool gun. Um, most people have heard of the 39 series from Marlin, most commonly the 39A, which was typically a longer-barreled, um, more target-y version. Don't hold me to that. It wasn't always, but mostly... Rem- wait,
0: Jordan, remember that target-y. Target-y. Yes. Target-y version. It was I
1: also only, released in 1941. I only use legitimate terms on the Well,
0: radio. just that when when you move on from... Uh, Powderhorn, we need to remember these terms.
1: (laughs) Oh, I'll write it down for you. I'll make a list. Okay. Um, so the 39D was mm, a very short run. I think they only built these things for like three years. They did under 25,000 of them total. Um, it is more of the sporter version. It does not have the fancy gold trigger. It's got a shorter round barrel. Um, it's got a barrel band on it, which mm, 1022-esque, if people know what that looks like. Um but this gun is really cool because I don't remember the last 39D we had but no, I, 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 I have not held one before I've, so this is a new I've, one to it's me. been <laughs> long time long time um but these Mons are great shooters they are very very accurate little rifles it actually comes with a little kind of I'm not going to say period correct scope but it's got a scope um and it's a neat little collector's piece it's in pretty good shape
0: it looks nice
1: it's it's Got some marks on the wood and stuff like that, but for a gun that was built in sometime between 1970 and
0: 1973, you know, I've seen worse. Uh, and lever action rifles, it's oh, just a so jam. they're so fun. I love yeah.
1: those. They're so fun. And it'll shoot shorts, longs, long rifles. It is a takedown version, which is kind of cool. Um, but this would just be a nice little, you know, if someone wants to kind of maybe start collecting the Marlin lever guns, but doesn't want to jump into a, you know, $1,000... Forty-five, seventy, or something like that, right out the gate. This is a pretty good start, and you can actually shoot it
0: <laughs> yeah. and not
1: feel bad about it, yeah. and afford it. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah. There's nothing worse than finding something you really, really want. It's in great shape, and you think, "Well, I can't use it. I'll just devalue it." No, no. Whether it's a car or a gun, I want to use it, um, and that's that. That when you can, and you don't have to yeah. worry about it. Absolutely. But wait, there's more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, Jordan. Tell about this 12-gauge Stoger.
2: <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm hoping they don't. It, it is in that scary black color. That, uh, hope, hopefully, they don't call this a tactical shotgun. Uh, but that's what it is. So, this is a pretty cool thing that Stoger came out with called the double defense. We have them in two variations. Side-by-side, um, side, double barrel, 12-gauge, and over-under, double barrel, 12-gauge. Uh, you got synthetic stock, synthetic forend, and it comes with two rails, two accessory rails, um, so that you can mount lights, optics, Whatever on this little thing. Um, Flames nice. Thrower. Yeah. Nice short barrel. I'm not sure what that link to 20 is, inches. Yeah. It's, it's a nice short gun. So talk about a great little keep, uh, keep in your, in your bedroom. Keep, a uh, keep as a, uh, Uh, As a truck gun or anything like that it's just it's just a neat little gun um and it comes uh as i said it it comes with uh with both rails and you can you i've mounted an optic on top of these for guys and put a little red dot on it and a flashlight on the bottom (laughs) and uh it's pretty it's pretty cool we were discussing whether it was semi-automatic by definition (laughs) right now or not because it's a double barrel so you pull the trigger once and you let the trigger back and then it shoots the other barrel we're like oh god is this going to be part of the semi-automatic band or not but uh but neat little guns. Not, not, not very many people make anything like
0: this. All right. So
2: that's neat. That's going
0: to be a Powderhorn Guns and Archery. Uh, probably uh, about quarter after 10.
1: Yes.
2: The way Kelsey drives, maybe a little sooner.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I uh, got
1: places to be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but none more important than here with us. Correct. I'm just saying. Obviously, I'm here. Yes.
1: I wouldn't be here if it wasn't important.
0: Yeah. Uh, six hour. Uh, This is nice. The rail, uh, this is
1: nice. This is new. Um, I'm kind of shocked we have one. Sig brought out what they call the 365 macro. Um, So the original 365, we've talked about, I'm pretty sure, every single variation (laughs) of the 365. I
2: carry one, she carries one. (laughs) All 17
1: of them. Um, But this is more of a... I don't want to call it a mid-sized gun because it's not. It's still much smaller than a Glock 19, but it actually has higher capacity. This is a 17 plus one um, in a very, very carryable for normal sized humans handgun. Um, so it it's kind of a cool deal. They changed out their standard mags. It's a 17 round steel mag. Um, it is comped. So almost like the Spectre comp. However, the comp is built into the slide. So the barrel looks short it's really weird it's really hard to explain um but it is a built-in compensator not ported the barrel itself is not ported it is cut for an optic it's got the standard x-ray night sights it does have it is in the x series so it's got the straight trigger um full-size accessory rail which is really cool and this thing feels good
2: yeah the nice thing about the 365s is uh, their handle shape is just really good for big hands and small hands alike. Um, They did a really, really good job. They were really the first one to come out with a compact Sigwas with the 365, the first compact double stack where we started being able to put real amounts of ammo in a very small concealable firearm. And uh, this is kind of neat. I think overall it's the exact same slide that's on an XL. Um, it's the exact same length. They've shortened the barrel. They've added that compensated uh, compensated area to the front of the slide. They've moved the front sight back a little bit, and then added a, uh, a a plate that you can take off to put the optics in it. And you have 17 round capacity plus one in the chambers. You have 18 rounds of capacity in a very
0: small package. I mean, it's it's pretty cool. It's amazing, isn't it, that they are that as the technology develops, that you can get a a, a pistol that's you know so easily grippable by somebody with Kelsey's size hand uh, or mine, uh, and it fits real nicely, and it holds that many rounds, and it's that concealable, you wonder just how much better it can get.
2: Yeah, You wonder why they didn't do that all along. But I know we've gotten better at manufacturing. We've gotten tougher plastics that can sustain that and a little better engineering and 9 millimeter ammo has gotten much better over the last 20 years but uh, uh, yeah I don't know what what will happen next and everybody else will fall suit and start to bring out something like this like Sig did but it's a unique right now I I don't have anything else that's near that size whether it be length uh, overall length overall depth uh, like how far down the grip goes I don't have anything else like it
0: Um, it is really fitting a one of a kind niche it's pretty cool it is indeed. What's the price break on
1: that? 879
0: That's have, <laughs> That's a lot of gun for 879 nine. Mm-hmm. It is. I think we have two right now. Nope, one. Oh, sorry.
1: Really? We had two.
0: Really? Yeah, we two. Do you have one now? Yes. I'm looking at it. It'll be no, back. I mean, does Kelsey do have one? I, oh. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can't carry that size. Really? Not, not this time of year. Not. Well, I can. <laughs> it's going to print, but I can.
0: Really <laughs> petite. Um, All right. uh, Listen, uh, we've got uh, the story out of Cleveland. By the way, those firearms will be available at Powderhorn Guns and Archery uh, within, uh, oh, I'd say by quarter after ten. If you're interested, you might want to run down there and get them. Uh, I really like that lever action 22. That is going to be a nice piece. All right, uh, we come back. We're going to chat about this uh, this guy in Cleveland walking down the street, open carrying a, a shotgun and a pistol. Just talk about open carry in general. I'm Gary on guns. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Uh, let me uh, chat with uh, Brian Hansen, my producer here for just a minute. Brian, I'm over at a, a website called Bearing Arms. Yes, sir. And I'm going through some of these uh, <clears throat> stories that they have, like California billboards cite Uvalde shooting as a reason to stay out of Texas. Uh-huh. Or letter from therapist recounts red flags for Parkland killer. Uh-huh. Uh and then uh, 25 plus uncensored photos of female athletes that revealed too much. Um which which one of those uh, should I uh, should uh, I click on? Uh click on the bottom one, go ahead. Yeah. The 25 uncensored yeah. Uh-huh. photo. Yeah. That would work well. Uh, Wait, that, there's alarms going off. That, right? <laughs> Not allowed what to do that. Do? <laughs> no. Oh lord. All right, listen, uh, let's get back to the story at hand which is a a guy who's literally trying to Make his neighborhood safe. It is in Cleveland, and I know the areas uh, pretty well, and they're pretty sketchy areas. And he's walking down the street carrying uh, a shotgun and a pistol. The police stop him, and at first they're going to let him go. Then their sergeant shows up and says, arrest him. Uh, You're not, I'm I'm not going to let you walk down the street carrying a gun like that. They lock him up for 36 hours, and then they let him go, and they don't press charges. Because it's not against the law. Uh, He, by the way, is uh, filing a suit against the, the Cleveland police. But what he's trying to accomplish walking down the street in an area where there is rampant crime, carrying a handgun and a shotgun openly is essentially to say, look, you know, we are a deterrent and we are armed. Tactically, I'm not crazy about open carry. But if you got a group of people and they're, you know, you know, everybody knows what they're there for. They're there to patrol the neighborhood because we all know the cops can't be everywhere at all times. Is it a is it an okay idea at that point, Kelsey, for them to carry open? I. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't like it when she put her on the spot like well, that.
1: Well, it. I mean. <laughs> mm.
0: All right, well, let me do this. Legally? I'll, I'll, well, give, I'll can, give you a couple seconds to get your thoughts together.
1: No, because, I mean, it, <sighs> legally, not a bad idea. Not necessarily. I mean, you are showing, hey, look, we're armed. We're here. We are paying attention. We are trying to keep our neighborhood safe. You know, we, we're we prepared to take action, right? But at the same time, if you are announcing, hey, here's the 10 people in this neighborhood that are armed. There you go. You're the you're the initial targets, right? Theoretically, I mean, that's the same theory behind any open carry situation.
0: Jordan, tactically, not a good idea.
2: Uh, it depends on what you're wanting to do. They are wanting to make a statement. That—that's what it sounded like as you read off the things. They want to make a statement. Hey, he—we here. We are trying to make our neighborhood safer. Look at us. Um, so it wasn't like, I mean, they wanted to be viewed and seen. So for what they were wanting to do. They probably did. Uh, the action was was okay tactically. Uh, uh, yeah. it, it, when you're wanting to make a neighborhood safer, lethal force is the least often thing you're ever going to use, and it scares people. So if you want to do things like that, God bless them for doing it. But if you want to do things like that, there's just better ways and most of it has to stow with with, with standing up and not having a visible lethal force uh, option that needs to be seen because you don't need to be promoting that that is your starting point and ending point and that's what people are going to think um, when you walk around like that unfortunately because it's just, it's not common it's it's weird to see
0: Well should we make it more common? I don't know. I mean if it happens, police walk around uh, in uniform and their guns are out in, in the open and we don't mm-hmm. cower when that happens. That's right that's right.
2: And we're used to that. We've seen that here for hundreds of years. And it doesn't mean we won't get used to what he did. The only thing I can think they would have done better was talking to the police department. And before it all started, not a not asking for permission. you got to understand we're not talking about that. We're talking about coordinating so that lieutenants and captains can tell all their people, like their sergeants and their officers, hey, this is going to be happening. And they are well within their rights, so as long as they don't do anything that would cross the legal threshold they're perfectly welcome and legal for them to walk down the roads uh with these these firearms completely visible and that would have been the step to take that you don't have to but if you're trying to make things better and you want to work on that it's just a step you can take
0: you know if i see somebody uh walking down the street with a a firearm tucked in their belt i'm thinking uh this is a this is a problem This guy is a problem. If I see somebody walking down the street with a holster attached to their belt, I'm not so sure it's a problem. No, I don't think so. And I see that more now. Um,
2: I think handgun uh, is a little different still than seeing someone walk around with a a long gun. I, I can't remember actually seeing that in person. Uh, I don't think I have yet. I mean, I've seen it in plenty of news recounts and stuff like that. Now, I see more and more of the holstered firearms around town, not just obviously at our store, but uh, going to get groceries and stuff like that. And I don't think much of it anymore. I always take note, you know, because just as who I am, I take note of that stuff. But I see it more and more. But I can say I don't think I've ever live seen someone carrying a, a long gun around. Just doesn't mean it's wrong. I just haven't seen it. So it's it's still abnormal to me.
0: Yeah, it would be abnormal to me. Yeah uh and a shotgun i it, and i don't know why i guess this is psychological if he's carrying an ar-15 or an ak-47 or something along those lines i i'm probably going to be a bit more leery though i still will be leery uh than a guy carrying a shotgun
1: i think it depends on the shotgun too
0: yeah that's true yeah, yeah. i mean yeah.
1: just if he's walking around with an 870 pump 28-inch field master, I'd be like, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> <laughs> Dove hunting go in the city. Go shoot some doves or what? what like.
2: mm. But he obviously did, well, from what has been said, it didn't sound like he did anything wrong. And that's that's a problem. I mean, I know that yeah. you know, as a, it, it's a tough spot as a police officer when you go out and do mm-hmm. things like that because it is so abnormal in the city of however big. And you've got just a few times you might see that. And it is abnormal. So, I don't think I have a problem with the police stopping and talking to him. Say, hey, who are you? What's going on? What you thinking? Um, that That's the job. That, that's what they should do. Um, now, obviously, the sergeant did something he shouldn't have done. Um, but uh, anytime you see something that abnormal, what it has to do with firearms or not, anytime you see really abnormal behavior, it's good to stop. And uh, you can't legally hold people, but it's good to stop and go, hey, what you doing? That What's going contact. on over there?
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're former law enforcement. How much information do I have to give you uh, if um, you stop?
2: Nothing. Uh, if, if I do not hold you. In other words, if I don't have a legal reason and I just want to stop, I just I'm walking down the street. You're just walking down the street, and I roll up and say, "Hey, come here and talk to me." You can go, "Mm, no, and just keep walking. I mean, you you can if I if I don't say, "Hey, show me your ID." You're being yeah, don't have to do that. And and now if, if you're being detained for something, and you can ask them, "Am I being detained? or Am I free to go?" And that is the question. That if they say, "No, I'm not detaining you," then you don't have to do anything. Now they have a right to come talk to you like any like anybody does, but you don't have to converse back i mean that's that's the way it works um, if you're not being detained if you're being detained, totally different story, like a traffic stop and things like that you're being legally detained to investigate some thing that has occurred um, then that's a totally different story. But if it's just someone talking to you because, you know, you're walking down the street with no shoes, no shirt, it's 2 o'clock in the morning, and it's 35 degrees out, you, you don't have to talk to me. I'm just trying to figure out what the heck's going on with you.
0: By the way, they, uh, prosecutors took the case to the grand jury. They refused to indict, uh, and he was released. He's, uh, of course, filing this lawsuit. Uh, so uh, so you understand uh, his status. He's uh, out on the streets patrolling uh, and probably won't be bothered again uh if uh, if if you're gonna do this kind of thing i i do suggest you don't open carry um makes you a target you it, know it just it does. does yeah and it, it really right
2: and and talk to law enforcement it's okay i know you don't have to but it's just another one of those things there's a lot of things we don't have yep. to do in life but it's just a courteous thing that helps
0: everybody else around you to be able to go, hey, I'm going to do this. Well, there's there's a, a lesson to be learned here. Because this guy was 100% in the right. He knew he yep. was in the right. Yep. Police were in the wrong. Uh, they accosted him, and he did exactly what they said. When They said, put your firearms down. He put them down. He let them arrest him. Yep. And My argument is always, I don't care if, the, if you think, if you're absolutely sure law enforcement is screwing the pooch, <laughs> if you fight them, you might end up dead yeah, you, you fight them in court you don 't yes. fight them on the street you you live to fight you another just, day if you if you go to court that 's right uh, and so this this guy I think displayed uh, in that case at least in that part of the story uh, pretty good judgment absolutely all right uh, here 's what 's going on we 've got to take another break because uh, news is coming up, and Brian wants to play his commercials you know, i don't know something about paycheck bouncing or something i don 't know. But we'll do that, Uh, and then we'll talk about a gun store owner who says he's suing over a local ban on the sale of assault weapons. That, of course, is not here. It's to our neighbor, uh, Illinois, uh, up in Naperville. Uh, That is a socialist area, if there ever was one. Uh, Then we have uh, Pennsylvania Attorney General talking about the impact of, quote-unquote, ghost guns. And then the elephant in the room, Kelsey is leaving powder horn guns and archery oh I get stuck with Jordan I don't get Kelsey at least you get the that, that hurts the good with the bad all right, we'll talk about all that next I'm Gary and gun it is uh, 35 minutes after the hour and Brandon uh, Brendan you are wrong uh Kelsey she uh, Brandon writes that uh, Kelsey's not Leaving Powderhorns. she's moving on with her life. Important difference, no there isn't. She's leaving.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Gary.
0: She's leaving. I don't know why she's leaving. What are you doing? Where are you going?
1: What? I'm I'm staying local, I promise. I'm not like moving. Everybody thinks I'm moving to Texas because I married a Texan. <laughs> um that's not the case. Texas. Woo. Yeah. Not not yet, I guess. No, he
0: was know. he was smart enough to follow you.
1: Well,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh all right. So what 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 are you up to? Um Can you tell us? I
1: yeah, I guess I don't know. <laughs> um, I I don't. It's not really. She's so
2: uncomfortable talking about it. It's I am. Funny. It's well, <laughs> Jordan, where's she going? From
1: me?
2: Uh, she's going to go build artesian bridges, like little garden bridges. You know, those little like twelve foot bridges. She's going to go just travel around Missouri building those. Are
0: you really? <laughs> no. <laughs> where the hell did you come up with that idea? <laughs>
1: thinking about that he's been (laughs) thinking about that for hours just so you know i was thinking
0: he fell off of a ledge and hit his head oh goodness
1: no he's always this way and that's why i'm leaving i'm kidding i love you wow
0: (laughs) it's cool
1: um i'm just getting out of retail
0: okay it's been
1: a long time it's been well i've been being paid for retail for 15 years and i'm not even 29 yet so (laughs) if that tells you anything
0: Are you sticking with uh, the firearms industry? No, I'm actually
1: not. No, this will be um, entirely a hobby now, which will be interesting. We'll see if I enjoy it more or less or I don't know. It'll be weird. But yeah, um, no, I'm kind of going to work an office job. It's going to be weird. Wow. I know. I'm kind of excited, though.
0: But it'll be the safest office anywhere in that community. You are very
1: correct. Um,
0: Yeah. (laughs) Maybe safe from gun violence,
1: but
2: but not just a little crazy. I do
1: throw things occasionally. Uh That's not a secret. Um,
2: There's a reason we have no rubber bands in our store.
1: They're not on the deer antlers anymore. (laughs) Uh,
0: Well, I just, I want you to know that we have enjoyed having you on the program. Uh, that you've been a valuable part of the community, of the of the family, rather. And if you ever want to come back, you're not invited. <laughs> if I'm I don't still going to see- expect her to show up every third week <laughs> or Saturday. <laughs> if, if I don't see you, so what? Wow. No, I actually, we, we will miss you. And yeah. we all wish you the best of luck in your future endeavors. Yeah, so, thank you. Carpe diem. Seize the day. Thank uh, you. Thank in you. the meantime... Uh, we've got a, a it, it, clearly this is not in Missouri, it's in Naperville, Illinois. The city council uh, bans the sale of sporting rifles inside city limits. A local gun store owner Robert Beavis warned city council members that he would file a lawsuit if the city moved forward. Earlier this month, the council went ahead and adopted the ban. Now the owner of Law Weapons and Supplies says he's moving forward with the litigation you know it, it and and by the way, uh, when they were uh, informed that he was going to follow through with the lawsuit, uh, the Naperville city attorney uh, said, "You know this law is designed to withstand challenges let him let him have at it." But I have to wonder if any city can actually ban the sale of a commonly used firearm. It, it, one of the problems that I see here Jordan and Kelsey is the cities license all these businesses and there are all kinds of licenses as an occupancy permit and you have to have certain you know electrical uh, plumbing uh, all these different codes that you have to meet before you can have retail this guy challenges them I'm willing to bet dollars to donuts every inspector in the city is going to be going through his store with a fine tooth comb yeah
2: they have they, we've talked about that many times before they when they can't get you from head on they they go at you from the from the side but uh it, it's a it's an amendment it's a it's a constitutionally guaranteed right and i know we control everything else we keep coming back to to alcohol and tobacco and things like that but those are not constitutionally guaranteed things um driving not constitutionally guaranteed things so it's it's hard when they start putting stuff on like that. It's just gonna. I hope this guy has some backing because it's gonna take a couple barrels full of money to get this through. Unless someone just happens to drop it, it's gonna take barrels of money to get this thing all the way through. Because you're not gonna get any support in Chicago, I don't think, from the courts. Um, uh, but, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you'll have to get you'll have to get out of there, out of that uh, district, that federal district, and probably get to the Supreme Court. Um, but that's that takes barrels and barrels of money.
1: Well, and then the city could just not issue business licenses because he's yeah. not complying. Yeah. I mean, and just keep him from doing business, and then where are you at? Yeah. You know, not to
0: find a legitimate reason. But yeah. and <laughs> and if that's uh, and if that's not enough, the guy, even if he acquiesces and says, "All right, I'm going to drop the whole thing. I'm not going to file any lawsuit. I just won't sell an AR-15 or an AK-47." Anybody that lives in that city, and they're all allowed to own those weapons will go out of the city to buy what they want from a neighboring firearms dealer. And while they're there, they'll pick up their ammo, maybe see a handgun they want. This guy's business is going to be eviscerated.
2: Yep. That
0: not that, that usually the plan? Yep. Is to get rid of all of them? Yeah, we don't care about you. We don't care about your family. We have this belief, and we're going to screw you over no matter what.
2: No, they do care about their family because they know that guns kill 47 million children every day in the, in the United streets. States. Getting and gunned you down, have the to streets. get rid of, of guns to protect us all, Gary. <laughs>
0: that, seems that's so all simple. That's what all that blood in the street is for. <laughs> um, let's see uh, Illinois firearms uh, preemption law. Uh, while it uh, does explicitly block cities like Naperville from banning or the possession or ownership of so-called assault weapons, that prohibition does not include any language about regulating or barring the sale of modern sporting rifles. There's still a strong case to be made that Naperville's new law runs afoul of the Second Amendment, especially under the Supreme Court's text, history, and tradition test laid out in the uh, Bruin decision. First, Modern sporting rifles are in common use for a variety of lawful purposes, which means they should be protected under the Second Amendment uh, rights bearing arms. And if you have the right to keep and bear them, you must also have a right to acquire them. And if you have the right to purchase one, that means there must also be a corresponding right to sell these protected arms. So I think this, you know, I don't care what the city attorney says, and I'm not a lawyer But I think he's going to be hard-pressed to circumvent the law and get away with stopping them from selling their firearms. I I just, I don't see it. God, can you imagine not being able to sell one of the mainstays of the business?
1: (laughs) Well, then what do you do with the ones you already have in stock? (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. You have to
2: transfer those to someone out of state. <laughs> We've been through that like. before, and so you know, they call us and go, "Okay, I can't sell them anymore. So can I transfer them to another dealer?" Here you go, and do that. Where uh, does that happen? For California? Uh, no, not California. You can't ship anything to California. Well, but you, you no, can, but I mean <laughs> oh, <laughs> out of out ca- of. Can, can they ship out of California? Yes. Yeah, we can receive from that. California.
1: You um, can't send to California. Correct, unless you are set up with the California DOJ under their firearms dealer registration system gotcha. basically you have to sign up for another piece of paper that says you are a legal ffl and can Let's, ship into the state of california
2: so we've taken shipments from gun stores that have either lost their license surrendered their license uh lost an ability to do like um your um uh, uh, the the tax that allows the SBRs, SOT? yeah, SOT, um, <clears throat> they've lost their SOT or surrendered their SOT to allow them to do suppressors, fully automatic weapons, SBRs, things like that. Um, the the government still gives them a way to they can just transfer them to us, um, and we can we can purchase that stuff. Meaning another FFL with an SOT or whatever else. But uh, once they lose the ability to sell to um, individuals, they can still transfer to other businesses.
0: Well, uh, I know I've, I've chatted with uh, Garson over graphs about this because they, uh, you know, they got all the reloading stuff and yep. and they uh, don't sell much to California. No, we don't sell anything to California. Yeah, we. Won't. It's not worth it. Yet.
1: I actually don't know anybody in the area that is yeah. California legal to ship into California.
2: I, I've done it. One time in the last 10 years, and it was on a very expensive gun, and so it was a well-known what we're going to have to do. And it was such a pain, I would never do it to make a couple hundred bucks. You'd have to make a couple thousand dollars because you have to send in and get a permit and get a special control number for each time you ship a firearm.
0: So, so you, you can't even go right, you you can't sell an, a rifle to an FFL dealer in California without going through all those hoops? That is correct.
2: And they have to have that letter in there that has the... the uh, the certification number for that particular shipment that's spelled out already to uh, California's... Uh, <laughs> I forget who, who it is to. It's but their
1: DOJ. Yeah, to their it's DOJ their, yeah. that
0: uh, that all corresponds. And, you know, after all that, it is so safe that sometimes I, I like to travel out there and travel uh, walk through South L.A. Uh, in the middle of the night because <laughs> all of those regulations made such a big difference. That's right. <laughs> Unbelievable. We are uh, once again bumping up to the clock. But we'll come back and wrap it up. It's Gary on Guns with Powderhorn Guns and Archery on the Zimmer Radio Network. Welcome, glad to have you with us. And uh, Jordan is in along with Kelsey from Powderhorn Guns and Archery over the business loop. Uh, Clark, we're talk- Paris Road, Paris Road. <laughs> Paris Road, did I say I said business loop? I'm sorry. You know, every time I go to the business loop, I can't find you guys. That's and now why. I know why. That's okay, Joe. Because you're over on Paris Road. <laughs> Oh, oh! he called you Joe. What? You didn't hear it. Oh, well, hey, Joe. Never mind. Said, That's okay, Joe. Oh, I had a Biden moment. Is that what you're saying? Is that what you're implying? Uh, Kelsey, this is it. You're never allowed on the show again.
1: Why is that my fault? I've been over here quiet. No, I think you For inspired once. him.
0: I think you inspired him.
1: No, he yeah, started it.
0: You're through. Hey, we did come up with a sale real quick. Uh, we're
2: going to do a Cleveland special. So anybody that comes in and purchases a shotgun and a handgun at the same
0: time, we're going to go give you 50 bucks off the purchase price.
1: <laughs> what do you
0: think? And call it the Cleveland special. Cleveland special. special. Yep. There you go. Shotgun <laughs> and a handgun. And then ask them for the Cleveland special. <laughs> oh, Lord, you guys. Uh, let me get a uh, question in here from Bob. He's on the line with us. Bob, welcome. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. Thank you. Uh, my question is about the guy who the, they're trying to make quit selling guns, the rifles. You have a guy on your show that takes government cases, people against the government. To Dave Roland. Yeah, Do you think he would be willing to take that case? No, that's in Illinois. I don't think he's licensed uh, oh, okay. in Illinois. But Illinois does have um, a, a law firm, a libertarian kind of law firm up there who would uh, perhaps get involved if not maybe the NRA or some other. Yeah. I thought maybe the NRA also. And I'd like to wish Chelsea the best. Thank you. All right. Well. all well, have a good day. Thanks, Bob. Thanks. Take care. Glad to have you on Gary on guns. Uh, okay. Let me see here. I've got a couple of other messages. Let me get, let me get to this uh, last story for the program. Uh, In Pennsylvania, they are apparently banning the sale of 80%ers ghost guns, is what everybody calls them. At least that's what the left has managed to successfully name them. And the attorney general in Pennsylvania released a statement applauding the new federal gun regulations that uh, that have gone into effect. For years, convicted felons, violent drug dealers have all been able to buy these guns at gun shows without a background check. With these new federal regulations taking effect today and being implemented in our commonwealth, we're making it harder for gun kits to end up in the hands of criminals and easier for law enforcement to track crime uh, guns in their investigations. All this helps make Pennsylvania communities safer. Well, first, I don't envision a lot of drug dealers... Um, sitting around in their basement with a Dremel and uh, a drill press <laughs> finishing these 80 percenters. I, I, maybe I'm naive. Maybe they do, but I, I don't think that's likely to be uh, the event. Uh, it, over at Bearing Arms, they consider that perhaps some bad guys buy them, complete them, and then sell them to the bad guys, but it really doesn't appear to be a problem Since 2016, there were nearly 20,000 firearms-related homicides. Considering they had nearly 20,000 firearms-related homicides uh, in 2020 alone. That's it. That's 2020. uh, 325 unserialized firearms since 2016. Make sure that I didn't screw that up too badly. Since 2016, a mere 325 unserialized firearms used in crime. 20,000 firearms related homicides in 2020 alone. The country is not um, being inundated with bad guys and unserialized guns.
1: Well, and does that term unserialized also count firearms where the serial number has been destroyed?
0: You know, they don't make that clear, but it is a valid point because some people do include that. Correct. We see those. Yes. I probably see not very many. Two a year I have to turn away. But yeah. Can't now they usually they could put asset on those and bring the numbers back. The
1: couple uh, I've seen, you couldn't know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Last one I had, it was just missing. Uh, where you know Glock used to put the little piece of metal that had it on it was kind of like a spring mm-hmm. clip on there, and it was just missing. And I don't think the guy did it on purpose. He had no idea, and he didn't seem like the kind of guy. But it was it was it was
0: gone. Yeah. So he stuck with it.
2: Yeah. Uh, he can get a hold of Glock and have it resellized because they got the same serial number in other places. But since it's defaced the there, the law is enough where I'm not going to buy it at a dealer to to use yeah. it and do anything else with it. So I'm like, yeah, you got to get another
1: one. Well, and like we can't buy the eighty percenters. If you it, can't,
0: no, we can. oh, you mean that we get, I buy an eighty percent and fill it, finish it off and right. bring it into you and say here, buy this. Right, that's no, part of the new law.
2: That would mean we'd just have to get it. We'd have to get it licensed. We'd have to get a serial number applied to it, and we'd have to register it. Right.
0: So yeah, we don't buy those. I'm going to tell you that all this makes me crazy because it it doesn't it doesn't make sense. You yeah. know, I I build this thing. Maybe I'm a hobbyist and I want the challenge, and I build this perfectly good AR-15. Uh, And then uh, I grow grow tired of shooting it. I want something different. I can't sell it. I can't give it away. Most of the guys that build those do have one that has a serialized
2: lower. Like they buy it with a serial number on it. It's a finished gun. We have to do a transfer on it like a regular gun. That's most of your AR builders. Yeah. But if they did it out of scrap metal in their basement. Or on an 80% mm, or
1: or whatever. they didn't
2: register it, we would be required
0: to register it. Yeah. And then there's the problem of the 3D printer.
1: Yeah,
0: and people are right. printing these things, uh, you know, and and I I initially thought those uh, 3D printers were going to be just like really soft plastic, but they're coming out with some incredible materials. Yeah, it's getting better.
1: I've seen production firearms with polymer lowers that are worse quality than 3D printed <laughs> stuff.
0: Yeah, they're not going like, to stop. Literally, that. yeah. You the software is readily available. Uh, it's it's out there uh you get your 3D printer and and nobody's the wiser you you punch it in you go to bed at night and you wake up in the morning and it's there wow that is just not going to make a big difference before we go cuz we're running out of time uh let's uh give a brief on uh, the three firearms you guys brought into the studio
1: um, so we have the Marlin 39D lever action 22 with a scope, uh good collector piece, good shooting firearm. We and have the price, uh, um, six,
0: six hundred. Yes. That's a steal. Cause that is a collector. And, yeah. and and the beauty of it is you can go out and play with it. You right. can shoot it.
1: Exactly. And then we've got your Stoger double defense coach gun, side-by-side 12 gauge, the, the tactical shotgun. Um, <laughs> cause why not? Um. And like Jordan said we have it both in over under and side by side right now and I think we have 20 gauge as well as 12 um and then the brand new SIG 365 Macro 17 round compact pistol. And the Cleveland oh. special.
0: The, yeah, don't forget the Cleveland special, not forget it. 50 bucks, you know, a shotgun and a, a pistol. pistol. There yep. you go. And you get 50 bucks off. Yep. Uh, I don't see how you go wrong with that. That's that's kind of maybe I'll just follow you guys uh, right over there and <laughs> See if I can take advantage of the Cleveland special. Uh, And again, this is uh, Kelsey's final week. She is uh, moving on. She's got some other plans that uh, she intends to uh, engage in. We are going to miss you. Uh, Jordan, who's replacing Kelsey? Please don't tell me Brian. Please don't tell me Brian. Please don't tell me Brian. Tell me
2: Brian. <laughs> it's not Brian.
0: Oh, but good. We don't know yet. We'll we'll be working on that over the next couple weeks. All right. <laughs> you guys uh, take care. Kelsey, thank you. You have been absolutely terrific. Thank you, Gary. Whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem. Gwen, baby. Mm-hmm. Honey, I'm coming home.